everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, we are talking about you. Today on the show, we are going to get questions about relationships via Facebook, and we're going to be answering them on the air. So do you have a question that you want answered? If so, go onto my Facebook page at Matt Townsend. Just look up Matt Townsend on Facebook. Comment on the post, and we will answer them for you during the show. Yep, we're doing it right after this break on the Matt Townsend Show. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A confirmation hearing for Senator John Kerry to take over the Secretary of State position went smoothly in the Senate today. Kerry has been serving as the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. President Barack Obama expressed his support for an official Pentagon announcement made earlier today that makes military combat positions open to women who are capable of passing physical standards. The president nominated former federal prosecutor Mary Jo White to be the next head of the Securities and Exchange Commission. The SEC serves as a watchdog over Wall Street and corporate finances. Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein is proposing a renewed ban on assault weapons today that is likely to get the gun control debate heated on Capitol Hill. The proposed measure would ban the sale of 150 types of firearms, including rifles and some handguns. California Governor Jerry Brown is praising the California legislature for getting the state's budget back on track. At the State of the State address today, Brown vowed to keep the state from returning to, quote, boom and bust cycles. World News, U.K. authorities are warning all British civilians to get out of Benghazi, Libya, due to a specific and imminent threat to Westerners. The threats are possibly linked to Islamist militants who are lashing out due to French intervention in Mali. North Korean officials announced they will be testing new long-range missiles and nuclear capabilities meant to prove the country's ability to strike the U.S., which the North Koreans have named as their sworn enemy. An American man pled guilty today to assisting Pakistani-based terrorists plan the 2008 attack in Mumbai. He was sentenced to 35 years and avoided extradition to India, where he could have faced the death penalty. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. We are doing it today, my friends. Today's the day. We are going to take your questions. The whole show is about you and your crazy questions about all of those crazy little people in your life, right? Your family, your friends, the person you're dating, the person you thought you were dating, but then you found out you weren't when they didn't show up for the date. Right, Skyboy? Yes. Okay. We're talking about all these things. Now, the way we're going to get your questions and the way we're going to formulate the show is you need to get on Facebook and you need to ask questions. Just go to Facebook, look up Matt Townsend, T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D, and ask your question. Find our and uh, find the question there about the show, the, the post, is that what they call that? And post your question there. We will then be talking about it. We won't mention your name, uh, your whole name. We will mention your first name. And if you don't want us to mention your name, I guess put that on there. So if also, if you have a question and you want to call it in, you can do that, 801-422-0143, 801-422-0143. What are the things that are that are you're struggling with in your relationship? What are the things, now I know, I know, 
you don't have problems, okay? Your relationship problems are because of all of the other messed up people in your life. And if they could just learn these few things, then life would be better. What are those things they need to learn? Give us a call, 801-422-0143, or you can go to my Facebook page and just look up Matt Townsend, and we will get those on the show. Now, before we do that, we like to do this crazy thing we call Human Headlines. Real news that affects real people. This is the Matt Townsend Show, Human Headlines. Human Headlines is where we look at the good, the bad, the ugly of humans. And, uh, you know, is it warm in this room, you guys? There's like eight, nine people in here. This is a lot of people. There's a lot of people. There are a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bryce is pushing the fake button. (laughs) It's the placebo button that makes us feel like we have control over our air when we really don't. Uh, you see a lot of those in zoos, <laughs> when the, in the caged areas, so the animals feel like they have something to say about their environment. So today, we're going to do human headlines. We're going to go around the room, a little around the horn. Who's up first with the good, the bad, the ugly of human life? You know the etiquette about what do you do after you get in a fender bender? Yeah. As, you know, up in Idaho, they have signs that in a fender bender. Never pull, admit guilt. Pull your car to the shoulder. Yeah. Here around Salt Lake City, they have billboards, fender bender, pull your car to the nearest off-ramp. Yeah, get off the freeway. This is one of the worst fender bender aftermaths really ever heard of. You have to go all the way to Azerbaijan. That's oh, over wow. in that neighborhood near Turkey. Yeah. 22-year-old entrepreneur owns a hotel and drives a nice car, Chevy Camaro. Mm. He got a little bit tipsy. And kind of went up on the sidewalk and say no more. Hit a telephone pole. A tipsy guy in a Camaro. Well, somebody else was parked near that telephone pole. <laughs> he doesn't have quite as much money. In no. fact, he still drives a Soviet era Zigluli or whatever. I don't hey. know. I don't speak Russian. Smile when you say that. A car they say is known for its cheapness rather than its quality. Now, this guy is not too thrilled that this no, hotel no. yuppie almost yeah. crashed his juggernaut. Camaro into Let's call him his the juggernaut. Soviet-era Zaguli. Yeah. This is so he starts. They started to get in an argument and a fist fight. And the onlookers show up because naturally, you you know. Well, yeah. You're watching this rich yuppie kid. And, and you got to pick guy a side. Fighting over. Yeah. Well, the. Hotel magnate, this 22-year-old, yeah. did not like a crowd gathering. Oh. So he started to berate the crowd and swear at them. Oh, that was smart. So they oh, he turn- was tipsy, though. Yeah. So they, okay. turned, so they turned on him. Yeah. And they got thinking, what was the name of this guy's hotel? And in their language, the name of the hotel is Fire. Oh, no. So his Camaro burned up, and then they found uh, some other cars <laughs> and burned them up. Wow. So then the police show up. Bryce, you be thinking of a moral. What's the moral of this story, Bryce? Okay, don't tell us yet. Save that. And even though the police took this 22-year-old guy into custody, they started to get involved trying to break up the fight. And so the crowd turned on the police. Oh, here we go. Burns up another uh, Toyota Land Cruiser, two motorcycles. Holy cow. Four hours goes by from, from the start. This is going crazy. Finally, to the point where they were throwing rocks at the police, by the end, 10 to 15 people in jail. Bryce Tobin. Moral of the story, we need to work on cars that are not flammable, all right? Yes. Great all right? point. That was a lot all- of 
people would overlook that. It's but that's you, a huge it seems like point. a small thing. It's a big thing. But I think you know things were escalating. Yeah. But if they couldn't light any cars on yeah. fire, well, why not just make cars that can't crash into telephone poles? <laughs> or, or just don't make telephone poles. Come on, we have wireless now. Or why, why are we doing name that? your hotel fire? I mean, that's... all of these are wrong. Why are we in Azerbaijan? Wait, why are we? Well, dri- a lot of these people do live there. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I thought they were all just tourists. Why, why are we driving Soviet <laughs> Soviet era cars? That's all they could afford. That's I understand. See, it went sideways about twelve different ways. Okay, I used moral to drive story. a Soviet era car. Did you? It what was, was it called? Made in Detroit, but uh, it was a Soviet era car. <laughs> oh, Soviet era car. Well, okay, that's good. Uh, who's got another news story for us? We, I think we really we squoze everything we could out of that one. Yeah, speaking of cars. <laughs> is that a word? We, we done squeezed. 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 I know, but squeeze sounds squoze. weird. We done squoze. <laughs> squoze. We done squoze we squeezed. everything out of that one. That sounds so weird. <laughs> everything we could out of that one. The grammar we expressed squished. on this program does not represent the grammar spoken at Brigham Young University. Brigham University. University. That's or it's so true. <laughs> it is so true. What you got, Tybo? I want to know what uh, what is the first word that everybody thinks of when I say the word cop? Pickles. Pickles. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Sky? Cop? Cop. What's the first word that comes to your mind? Well, now pickles. Now I can't, pickles. <laughs> can't get it out of your head. See, that's the power of influence right there. Pickles! Okay, See, well. Why? Did you have another word? I had. I've got oh, one. There's a few words I've got I another think one. of. Go. Uh, donuts. Okay. Uh, tasers. Tasers. That's and um, that's all. <laughs> I'm done now. Well, you got one right. Donuts is my story. Okay, not pickles. Not pickles. I don't okay. think they make pickle donuts, but oh, it'd be interesting if they, they did. Should. So uh, they up make there bacon in, donuts. They do uh, make bacon donuts. The bacon donuts. Mm. I think those look gross. Bacon. So what's uh, so? The cops? Let's go up to Calgary, Canada. We'll go from Azerbaijan to uh, Calgary. Yeah. Uh, there's a YouTube video that came out of a guy in a car, and in front of him are two police, two policemen. And these two end up racing to get to the donut shop. <laughs> That's not real. So they're sitting. Oh, it's real. They're sitting in a light, and it's a red light. And then uh, one cop kind of pulls forward, revs his engine, and then as soon as the light turns green, he punches the gas, speeds out in front of the other one, cuts into the right lane, makes a hard right turn into the parking lot to get to the local oh, Tim Hortons, kidding. so like a Krispy Kreme donut shop type thing. See, that is going to tick up. That's going to make every cop look bad now because that's now out there. Well, we all thought that they just went to the donut shops anyway. This is proof This is that proof they do that this. that's what they do, and they raced. That's well, why you should eat pickles because <laughs> then when you show up at like a deli shop to get your pickle, no one think, they're going to think there's like a robbery. Nobody races to the pickle shop. And nobody ever will either. That's sad. So they're investigating this, and I suppose kind of to take off the whole buildup of this, the sheriff up there who's investigating said neither one of the cars got even to 30 miles an hour. So was it really a race? It really wasn't a race. It's just the perception of a race. It was just reckless driving on one of the— I think the only place on the planet where 30 miles an hour could be considered reckless driving is maybe— a really narrow parking garage. Maybe. Yeah. Even then, I'd risk it. Especially if I was going for donuts and I wanted to beat the other See, guy. See, I think, you know what? Poor cops. They weren't even really racing, but they got a bad rap. Yep. Oh, well. They're good people. Who's got another news story for us? That would be me. That would be medicine. 
medicine. Medicine woman. The medicine from Madison. Yes. There you go. <laughs> okay, so my story is about a homecoming king from Tennessee. Oh. I know. So kind of not something that you traditionally think would make, you know, national news. Mm-mm. But um, this is a twist. So there were three Tennessee boys that were nominated for their school's homecoming king. But before they announced who won, they all three unanimously decided that whoever won, they would give it to a junior, Scotty Maloney, who has Williams syndrome. Uh, it's a neurological disorder that inhibits learning and speech. And so they just figured that, you know what? He really deserves this. And oh, so, cool. yeah, it was really awesome. So they were at, you know, their homecoming assembly. Everyone was sitting down. Who's going to win? The tension is exactly. mounting. Cut it like a knife. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Bryce talk about his prom thing, by the way, because, you know, he was the king. <laughs> oh, I'm <Okay>. sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, so we're sitting there. The tension's mounting. They don't know who the king's going to be then. Yeah. So then the announcer says, well... Jesse Cooper won, but all three have decided that the winner is going to be Scotty Maloney. The crowd went wild. Crazy. Everyone, it was How like standing cool. ovation. Everyone went nuts. And at first, um, Cooper wasn't sure if, you know, uh, Scotty Maloney knew like he what was happening, yeah. but he just got this huge grin on his face. <laughs> he stood up, walked down to the center. Royalty. Got to have, you know, the pretty little homecoming queen Love on it. his yeah. arm. Yeah. And he got his little medal, and he's been wearing his medal ever since. See, that's, okay, there's my hero of the day. Mm-hmm. The whole school and the, the, the three candidates or the guys or whatever that were candidates. And the winner, obviously the king, the royalty. Yeah. That, if that doesn't make you feel good about humanity, what does? There, there was a, I was watching SportsCenter earlier today, uh-huh. and there was this kid who has Down syndrome, and he's on his high school basketball team, and it was yeah. the last game of the season, so the coach put him in for the final two minutes. I love those shows, those and, stories. Uh, and he drained two threes. He shot two threes, and it was like it was like what we call in Provo Jimmer range, if you yeah. guys know Jimmer for that way. It's so like, like almost it was, half court. Yeah, it was pretty Just far inside past, from the, half court. past the three-point line. <laughs> and he shot two threes, and he drained them both. Did and, he? Yeah, so now he's like been interviewed on ESPN. and Oh, I love all it. Place. Isn't I think he wonderful? made top ten totally. at SportsCenter. So. See? The world is good. Mm-hmm. There, we, we can, if we can have that happen, why are we fighting over an accident <laughs> and going to jail and lighting people's cars on fire? See? That's the human factor. Bryce, we'll have to have you talk about your royalty experience later. But I would love you to do it because I know that was very special for you. Um, here's the deal. We're going we're gonna to go. I've got a story, and this is the last story, but it's a great setup for the show today. Um, any of you on Facebook? Oh, you all shake your heads like yes. I think everyone. We, we, this, this is radio. Did you just turn off your microphone and then talk into it? So What? Did I? Yes. Oh, <laughs> sure <you did. laughs> no, I thought that I turned it on. Whoops. And why we're bringing this up, because we're taking your, your Facebook questions. So if you have a, a question about relationships, about dating, about life, it could be, it doesn't even just have to be relationships. It could be about life. It could be about your purpose, your goals, your dreams, anything about uh, how to make your life better, give us, uh, give us a little question on Facebook. Go to Facebook, look up Matt Townsend on there, and um, ask us your question. We'll then read the question, and we're going to see if we can't give you some really cool answers and ideas, which is really the purpose of the show. Now, why I bring this up. Did you guys know apparently Facebook is making you miserable? I can see that. Because we're changing that today. We're going to make life good because of Facebook, but apparently... Um, A study out of Germany, two German universities found that there is rampant envy on Facebook. 
and this envy is leading people to be more and more miserable. We are becoming more and more jealous because now more than ever before, you can see and socially compare yourself to everyone else. You can post a picture. You might even have you and a friend post the same picture that was taken at the same time at the same restaurant, but she gets 20 more likes than you do. What does that say about you? That says you're obviously a loser, right? Well, and then there's the fear of missing out. What? No. Yeah. So and so uh, has a boat. Acquaintance of mine just uh, got back from Paris. Oh, I yeah. love to go to Paris. I've never yeah. made it past Indiana. You'll get there. You'll get there. Let's get you to Chicago. But if it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't have even known. Indiana's past Chicago. Oh, it is. Yeah. But I still haven't seen Chicago. Isn't it just south of Chicago? Yeah. No, it's what? It's east of Chicago. It's southeast. It's east. Exactly east. The important point is I never made it to Chicago. <laughs> have you made it to uh, Florida? Nope. Wow. New York, D.C., Boston. Okay, you know what else? Nope, nope. And we no. need to raise some money, some money for you, Rob. We're going to get you easily <laughs> out of the studio. Just kidding. Out of the studio. Just somewhere. Like one of those can... horrible 90s movies where they do the road trip across America. Do you guys, have you ever gone on Facebook and saw what your friends were doing and wondered, like, why am I not running a marathon because why I am i to? not doing a ragnar race or a triathlon well you know for the marathon thing i have a friend who's on a university cross-country team and yeah. he still does not get why people do marathons you know yeah. the guy that ran it he died after he yeah. delivered the yeah. message you know what <laughs> all you have to do to not want to run a marathon is just go watch at the end the finish line of a marathon and just hang out there for about three hours and you'll be very sure that you will never want to do that. Exactly. Uh, I think it's great, but all of a sudden you're like, so-and-so ran marathons, and look how skinny. And she's had four kids, and she's so skinny. And Facebook, apparently it's creating a lot of envy. Today we're going to blow that up. We are going to make you, you know, we're going to get some tools, some real live ideas, some skills. We're talking relationships today, and we're, we're going to be using your Facebook questions. So please go check us out on Facebook. Uh, Matt Townsend is uh, my name. All you got to do is go give us your question, and we're going to address it directly. We've got a lot of great ideas, stories, tools, skills. We're doing coaching 101 on life and relationships right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. How would you go about measuring distant winds over the ocean without going there? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. A number of offshore wind farm projects to generate electricity are in early planning stages on the Atlantic coast. But knowing the very best places in the ocean to put the giant floating turbines has been a mystery. The winds at low altitude over very large areas of ocean are uncharted and the potential wind farm sites cover 140,000 acres of ocean surface. How do we locate the most constant wind and get this crucial information to the windmill planners? NASA researchers at Fort Story on the Chesapeake Bay are testing a Doppler LiDAR that can create a 3D scan of the ocean winds out to 8 miles offshore with pinpoint accuracy. 
LiDAR is a laser-driven version of radar, substituting the laser beam for a radio beam. The laser beam bounces off dust and other particles in the air to remotely measure winds in greater detail than ever before, even in three dimensions. When the wind turbines are built, maps based on Doppler LiDAR data could allow them to be placed in the sweet spot for maximum performance. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. With so much information flying at you every day, how do you know what stories are talkworthy? Join Kim Stilson and her guests to help you keep up on the world around you. Tune in for Talkworthy Monday and Friday at 4 Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're doing a special show, Facebook questions about relationships. All you got to do is post your Facebook question. Um, go to Matt Townsend on Facebook, and we will answer your questions. Anything about life, uh, relationships, how to deal with a problem in your family, with your spouse, with your neighbors, you know, how to deal with life. That's what we're talking about. But before we get to that, uh, we're going to bring on Bryce, Bryce Tobin, who, by the way, gave us a really good moral. That a lot of people wouldn't have picked out. Never. It's so overlooked. See, that's what I love about you, Bryce, is you're just you're off center. You're just warped enough that you make it fresh. I do what I can, you know, a little it's like it's like a lazy eye, all right? It's just it makes things a little more interesting than they needed to be. Yeah. But it's never too much. It's Wow. Okay, let's get to your bit, because I wasn't, yeah, I don't even know where to go there. But that was profound, I guess. Um, Bryce uh, has got a rant for us about all the balancing and how to balance your relationships. So before I get started, I'd like to make a little shout out to Rachel Wagner of Draper, Utah, who proposed this topic on Matt's Facebook page. Rachel's curious about balancing adult friendships with family, and oh boy, do I have some thoughts on that. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. So think way, way back to our childhood days. Friends were wonderful, right? Especially since your family was so needy. They always wanted to take you places. They always wanted you to get along with siblings. Scrub this, mop that, eat your peas. It was just demand, demand, demand. But your friends around the neighborhood or from school were just the best. All you had to do was show up to the front door, knock, and then let the adventures begin. And then... Well, then you grew up. You left home for whatever reason. Suddenly everyone seems to have changed roles. You're living nowhere near your family and you're no longer being subjected to their presence. Whenever you do see them, it's usually for a special occasion like a vacation. And that's like an adventure for grown-ups. It's not exactly the same as being a kid, but it's as close as we get as adults. And then something else happens. Friends change from an asset to a liability. Not all of them, but definitely more than you'd like. And it starts very simply. We've all had that friend who's purposely unemployed or underemployed, who's unwilling to spend the money that they may or may not have, and a little too willing to spend your money. 
These people are often labeled as a mooch or a freeloader, and they seem to wear this title with pride. They're mostly harmless, but it's still really irritating, and it only gets worse from there, especially if they're your roommate. That means every month you get to have the why won't you pay for the utilities fight. Or maybe you'll have that friend who doesn't own a car. Not because they can't afford it, not because they have some sort of physical handicap, and not because they live someplace like a big city where being carless is very manageable. They don't own a car just because. And this one really gets my goat. These people ask for rides all the time. Let's say they're at home making dinner and realize that they're missing some ingredient and their meal will be ruined unless you hurry and help them to the store. But it's never just a ride to the store. It's a full-on shopping trip. The deception's bad enough, but it's one thing to drop you off while you run in to grab some paprika while I'm parked out front with the car running so you can just hop in and we can hurry back. It's a whole other deal to drag me across a store or two for three hours while you stock up for the winter. No, 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 it's not a big deal. I was just utilizing my time off work to catch up on my shows and relax and do things that I wanted to do. But it's just so much more fulfilling to spend my off time helping you do things just for yourself. Or worse, it's 11.30, I'm brushing my teeth, getting all ready for bed, and I'm looking forward to getting plenty of sleep and being able to wake up on time and be rested and ready to take on the day. And then I get a call from my friend and they say, hey, could you pick me up at work? Now, those may be the words that they use, but I heard something very, very different. What I heard was, hey, could you pick me up at work because I decided to work until well after the buses discontinued their routes in an effort to make more money and not spend it on anything that would actually improve my life. And even though they made this decision about four hours ago, they inconsiderately decided to call me at the last minute to save their day. That's what they really said. So not only has my tonight been ruined, also my tomorrow is effectively ruined because I'm not going to get to bed until about one. And to top it all off, you give this friend rides and they never give you anything back. But on the flip side, you do almost nothing for your family that demands so little of you anyway. They aren't asking you to get along with siblings, you can eat whatever you want, and now people are okay with you coming over and making a mess. In fact, they're delighted for you to do so. The tables have turned, but I gotta ask, why are we turning tables when we could be balancing things out? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Bryce Leonard Tobin. That was amazing. It's also not my middle name, but okay. What's I your like middle it. name? Uh, it's James. Let's go with Leonard. Leonard. I like okay. Leonard. Uh, that that you know what you couldn't have said it better. These are family and friends. Two things you like. They both drive you nuts. Yep. And you love them. They they crawl into your heart and they just they just hang out there. And you just can't get them out. Yeah. And they're these family. I feel, I, feel, I feel like a metaphor coming. Well, no. It's, I'm, I'm just glad saying. you pulled back. <laughs> uh, but they climb into your heart, and they, it's like they burrow. They burrow. They burrow They in, lodge themselves in. And yet you love them, and yet you're so glad to leave. <laughs> and yet you, you're going to be sad when they're gone. And yet it's not happening very fast. Right. It never, it never happens at the right time. Okay. You know what that's called? That has a name. What is it? Paradox. Ah. Paradox, two ideas seemingly contradict, but we have to deal with kind of both sides. We love them and we want them to leave. And we want friends, but don't call us when you need a ride. And yet you do. And we'll go and we're happy, yet not. And we wish you had thought ahead and we knew you wouldn't. And so we know it's useless to tell you and yet we will. That's all paradox. That was like eight paradoxes back to back. Yeah. Like I have a headache now. See, I just that, that was, was my morning confusing. right there. That was my morning. And the funny thing about it is relationships are all paradoxical. So we love them, we don't want to lose them, yet we do because they're not good for us and so what we get rid of them we suffer. That's what we're talking about. The entire show, all relationships, all life is paradoxical. 
and you just nailed it. And you've hung a lot of really cool metaphors on it. I do what I can. I appreciate it. And who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? Is that a word? Can I get... We'll take that Is one. that a word? Not let's go, squoze. Let's go to Skyboy. Squoes, no. Squoes, thunk. <laughs> That's cool. Anything else you got to say, Skyboy? Nope. Just listening. Jeez. He for, will guitar, be... for a guy that only plays Guitar Hero all day, you seem to have a pretty good vocabulary. <laughs> anyway, we're talking... Uh, we're going to go into your Facebook questions. We're going to give you some amazing, in-depth help. Now, I know you don't need this, but your friends do because they're messed up. They need the help that we're going to give today. So will you go ask us the question on Facebook or give us a call, 801-422-0143. I'm going to be bringing on my social media guru, the guy that keeps me um, online in all ways, shapes, and forms, Joshua Herschel. He's going to be helping us through today. He'll come back after the break. We're answering your questions right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Parenting can be a tricky business, and we all know families don't come with a handbook. That's why we can learn from world-traveling family coaches, the Ayers. Join the Ayers on the Road for family, parenting, and general life advice. Monday and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Facing the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, which he currently heads, Senator John Kerry breezed through a confirmation hearing today, signaling that he will almost certainly be approved by Congress as the next Secretary of State. The official Pentagon announcement ending the ban on women from serving in active combat roles earned significant praise from President Barack Obama today, who called the move a historic step. The president nominated former federal prosecutor Mary Jo White to be the next head of the Securities and Exchange Commission today. The SEC serves as a watchdog over Wall Street and corporate finances. The gun control debate is poised to get heated on Capitol Hill today as Senator Dianne Feinstein proposed a new ban on assault weapons, which, is, if successful, will ban the sale of 150 types of firearms, including many rifles and some handguns. Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano warned today that much of the U.S. infrastructure is vulnerable to a possibly imminent cyber attack that could have as devastating an impact as last year's superstorm Sandy. In world news, U.K. authorities are warning all British citizens to get out of Benghazi, Libya, due to specific and imminent threats to Westerners. The threats are possibly linked to Islamist militants who are lashing out due to French intervention in Mali. North Korean officials announced they will be testing new long-range missiles and nuclear capabilities meant to prove the country's ability to strike the U.S., which the North Koreans have named as their sworn enemy. An American man was sentenced to 35 years of prison time today after pleading guilty to assisting Pakistani terrorists plan the 2008 attack in Mumbai. The sentence means he will avoid extradition to India, where he likely would have faced the death penalty. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. 
I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. And today we're going to bring it out. You know, uh, I know there's a lot of people out there hurting. Uh, Bryce is obviously an example of that. And he's, I don't know where he went, but it'd be fun to have him back. He, uh, but one of the things that I wanted to do on the show, we always bring on a lot of guests. We always kind of talk about really interesting topics, go pretty deep. Uh, it doesn't seem like we ever get a chance to get in deep into the real life problems of our listeners. And so on the show today, we're going to dive in deep. I, I would love to really get into the things, the questions you have and see if we can't give you some some tools today, something or some ideas, some answers. Because I think um, there's a great quote by a guy you may have heard of named Carl Jung, who said, that which is most personal is most uh, universal. So those things that you feel most personally, your insecurities, your fears, those things are are the things that are most universal to the human uh, condition to the human uh, factor, the things that we're dealing with in life. So on the show, I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of spe- you know specific issues for people, but these issues are also going to be fairly generalized, I think, because who doesn't feel lonely? Who isn't tired of people bugging them? Who doesn't want more balance like Bryce brought up? Um, who doesn't you know want to be able to have a car accident without having your car burnt down? So on the show, uh, I thought, what better way to do this than – because in my day-to-day business, I get to deal with this all day long. So when I'm not on the air, I have a practice in uh, Utah that's called the Townsend Relationship Center. And my partner there that, that's, that leads the show there, that's in charge of everything in my life and makes sure it works, is named Joshua Herschel. And Joshua is joining us today. Joshua. It's my job to make everything work. Yeah, so that's we need to talk about that because yeah, it's trouble. not working very well. We're in a lot of trouble. But uh, we thought of this idea that, you know, we do the radio show, but the radio show doesn't seem to reflect well what I do every day because <laughs> what I do every day is just deal with people's issues all day. And uh, so I'm bringing on Josh. And Josh helps run our Facebook page, and he sees all these questions that people are asking every day anyway. I think this is just your way, Josh, of making it so you don't have to work as much because then I can do this on the radio, which would get rid of a lot of your problems. Or questions. That's true. Is that you, what you're doing? Yeah, pretty much. But what? here's here's my first question. My first question comes from me. Yeah. So you've got all these guys down here that work with you, right? Yes. How come wonderful. none of them have to call you Dr. Matt? Because you make me call you that. That's true. Well, I think it's because they're students. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's a great point. From now on, mandate. You must call me Dr. Matt. Sorry, guys. Every one of you. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Bryce. No respect. That's just, Bryce. No well, respect. You, well, you have to understand. Um, Dr. We knew, Matt. <laughs> we knew you before you were Dr. Matt. That's true. So you're always going to be Matt to us. Uh, okay, I got you beat. <laughs> I've known Matt since he was yeah. 12. 12. And I still have to call him Dr. Matt. Yeah. See, that's, And sir. I think that's just a reflection of, I don't know, we just don't respect. That's respect. That's got to yeah. be it. That, I think we that's just what it is. We just I mean, don't. we know some don't respect me. He's looking right at Skylar, just yeah. for those in listener land, which yeah. is all of you. Yeah, I guess nobody can see my eye move. <laughs> well, I really, I really liked the wording that you chose, that we work with Matt, not for Matt. Oh. And so maybe that's the difference? I don't know. Well, I don't really work for Matt because working for Matt would mean that he pays me. Yeah, that we don't pay that you. That doesn't happen. Why I'll, call you, I'll call you Doc. 
You'll call me Doc? Doc, yeah. that's good. I'll See? call you Doc. You've always, every time I say Dr. Matt, you smile and light I, up. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, that is so rude. You think it's but, funny, but you weren't there when you were trying to get it done. Yeah, Sky Boy. No. I remember, you have no I remember idea when what you, I went through. Do you remember that? I do remember. You were very happy. You remember I cried? Uh, you cry every day, so. It's just because I'm really emotional with you guys. And, well, what you don't realize is he's, he finished it and it all went through and it was fine. And then the first thing he came back and said was, hey, guys, don't get your doctorate degree. Don't. <laughs> all, all I remember is you said, I spent all these years trying to get my doctorate degree. And now that I have it, all I do is watch TV. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I do now. You got to have some reward. <laughs> well, that's, don't listen to me. Just do what I say and call me Doc. Yes, Doc. Thank you. Uh, so... That's a big deal because in our practice, every single day, I have people come in. They all have issues, right? Right, right? Universally. And, you know, relationships matter. That's why it's called the Relationship Center, Towns right. Relationship Center. But we want to see if today we can't do some of our magic on air. That'll be good. One well, of the big questions that we, we do get now all the time on Facebook, in the office, everywhere is, is it even worth it? Which? Relationships. A PhD? Yeah, well, we know PhD is not worth it. <laughs> Could be. People ask all the time, yeah. is the relationship worth it? Why do it? Why don't I just stay alone? I can get a lot more done. I can be a lot more effective if I didn't have all this stuff. Kids, spouses, oh, friends. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier. Well, the one reality is you couldn't get anything done, right? Like you can't – you couldn't make your own airplane. You need people. You could watch a lot of TV though. Yeah, but you wouldn't have TV if you were alone. That's true. Right, you just go home like Skyboy every night. You'd get in your little Batman outfit. Do you have a Batman outfit? And you'd run around with a with a drumstick, pretend like it's a sword. Is that what I do? I've heard. <laughs> no, but we need people, right? right? So we want people. We want people because there's all of a sudden it's me having a connection with somebody. It's me feeling something. It's what would we be without that? You know what, Tybo. Has a has a little bit here, Tybo. You may know Tybo. Ty's our Ty's our intern, uh, and Tybo. We sent him out on the street, right? And he asked one question. Ty, what was your question? So, <clears throat> I I wanted to ask people. Uh, I mean, we were talking about marriages, and is it really worth it? Can we just get more stuff done by ourselves? Um, well, let's say it's not. Let's just say that we're single when we're forty five, fifty, fifty five. Right. So, if that's the case. What are you going to do with your life when you're 45, single, no family, by yourself? Oh, All your income goes to you. Great question. Let's see what they said. Sometimes I see myself as a 45-year-old bachelor. Didn't get married, didn't have a family. All I do is work. What would I do? I honestly would probably have an awesome entertainment home. Nice couches, big screen, and great speakers. But I was wondering what other people would do if they were 45 and they didn't have a family to provide for. I would be pursuing my hobbies. Continuing my career. Right now I'm in the military. Okay. So if I wasn't married, I'd probably just stick with it the whole 20, 25, 30 years. Being that long, you might as well go up for being an officer. I'd be serving others. Now I'm studying Chinese, so I hope that okay. I'd have some kind of a career, maybe living in China. I would hopefully have developed a career in psychology, helping people, and also have reached some of my goals and things on my bucket list. Probably playing music. 
I would probably be, be heavily involved in uh, charity work. Travel around the world, do like Mother Teresa did. A couple countries and I want to definitely go to some more like Europe and stuff. Hopefully I'd be doing something to contribute to society. I mean, I want to go into psychology and I want to help people. So, I mean, if I don't get married, I don't get married. That's okay. Maybe sell candy bars door to door, sell water bottles in Las Vegas. I'd want to have traveled. I'd want to have um, read a lot more, seen a lot more movies. I would probably become a vagabond and travel around the world. That's probably what I would do. If I didn't have anything else to look for, I'd probably look for myself and just travel around the world. Interesting. Um, so what people are going to do, I guess, Tybo, what they're thinking is, so if they don't get married, if they don't find a partner, if they don't have a family and a life and do all that, they're going to just become a vagabond. Well, that guy said he would. There's one. Uh, Did you notice? The, but there's an amazing theme about every one of them. Did you hear some of the themes? Um, a lot of people said they would continue a career, uh-huh. which, I mean, is a parallel between getting married and being single. Everybody yeah. has a career. Yeah. Which, by the way, usually involves people. Generally, I mean, I, I guess if you have a market, if you're <laughs> if you're selling something to someone, there's going to be people involved. Yeah, uh, yeah. bosses sometimes, mm-hmm. customers, clients, mm-hmm. things like that. What uh, another one is travel? Traveling's a big one, and it's interesting. So I guess what they want to do really is just go travel alone. Yeah, and I mean, we were just talking about it as we were listening to this. It'd be a great just you know save your money in your job, sell everything, and just go travel Europe. You know, I mean if. You know, Sky can take his guitar with him, do some street playing, get some more money, travel <laughs> I, just wherever. I mean, I it's a, a great idea. That's going to happen. That's probably what my future holds, no matter what. But now, Sky, let's ask you. So, if you were traveling and you had your guitar and you had your cute little um, outfit that Batman you wear outfit. with the cape, yeah, uh, you would just want to go where? Where would I want to yeah. travel? Where would you want to be? Ah, uh, Spain. And once you were in Spain, then you'd probably just want to sit there by yourself and play guitar. Uh, and get paid for that. Yeah. Well, honestly, no. But but see, it's interesting. I'll amuse you. <laughs> so what we think is someday I'll travel, and then travel will all of a sudden fulfill me. But I'm a bet. I'm going to bet when you got to Spain, you'd probably be fulfilled interacting with people. Yeah. But then being vagabond enough to be able to leave when you don't like them, I guess. <laughs> so we can pull away. It's what's ironic about it is, and by the way, you know, a lot of them also talk. I want to serve. I want to contribute. I want to. Every single thing is going to involve people, period. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you're going to do on Earth. I mean, Bryce would find something. I'm Isn't sure. he going to Mars? So. Oh, that's right. We're sending Bryce to Mars. I'm just going to get dropped off on Mars, and then you guys can do whatever you want. <laughs> but the funny thing about it, so when people come in and they want, they have these relationship issues, my basic point is you're not getting away from a relationship. You can divorce everyone on Earth or never get married, but you're still going to have to relate. So the big gist of everything I do is let's just learn to be healthier relating. Let's see if we can go down to the local store like Bryce does and get a drink and and still have a relationship with the guy behind the counter. We don't have to be <laughs> mad. We don't have to hate. We don't have to whatever. But we're going to always deal with people. You with me, Bryce? Always. You have to deal with people. And if we're going to deal with people, we may as well be good at it. And... It's not about being married per se. It's also not about being single. You're still interacting with people. Now, some of you don't, like Skyboy. Some of you do. So on the show, and I guess that's the big thing I do in my office, is what if I could just teach you how to, to be more effective with people either way 
And if we were more effective with people, maybe you'd have a better chance of of having a healthier marriage, finding a better you know, partner. Or if you don't want to go there and, and do all that, one thing I guess you could do is you could just still have a great job, still be a better salesperson, still be a better friend, still be a better aunt or uncle. I mean, the deal with relationships, they're not going away. And they're either generative, meaning they help you get better and better and better, or they're kind of... Um, taxing? Taxing. How's that? Cancerous. And cancerous. they start to slowly... Oh. We went, from, we went from taxes to cancer. That's really bad. <laughs> well, those are two bad things. <laughs> You've never been married, have you? <laughs> no, I have not. It could be taxing. No Jesus. children, right? Yeah, that's it. But, it's, but they also, they can be additive. And so that's the big key. We're going to get into your questions. What questions do you have about relationships that would hopefully, you know, would apply to other people? We're going to get in them one by one. We're going to start knocking these off. Go to my Facebook page, and um, if you can go, if you go get on uh, you, on Facebook, just look for Matt Townsend. Just ask us your question. We've got a bunch of questions coming down the pike. Josh will be offering those to us. We're also taking your callers. If you want to call, well, you can ask your question on the air. We're taking their callers. I'm taking. We're taking like callers. Their shirt collars or. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I, I like really he's turned into the grammar police like seriously the guy hasn't talked for a year and you put a microphone in front of him and he won't touch so we're taking callers if you want to call or if you want to call call with your question any relationship issues 801-422-0143 every caller that calls in i'm giving a copy a signed copy of my book called Starve Stuff, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships. Give us a call, 801-422-0143. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Sailors, hikers, and mountain climbers have a new way to make sure help is on the way, right when it's needed most. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Thrill seekers have to pack carefully for their adventures. Special flashlights, climbing gear, and utility belts are all handy, but the most useful tool in a rescue situation could be as simple as the shirt on their back. The European Space Agency and Finnish company Patria have created a flexible antenna you can wear. The stretchable, durable fabric can withstand water moisture and even water exposure. This lightweight and durable antenna material can be sewn directly into clothing like a regular fabric patch. It's already being tested in life vests to transmit a signal to the Coast Pass SARSAT distress system, which alerts rescue officials around the world 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. When someone wearing the antenna activates the transmitter, their position is provided to rescue authorities by a network of orbiting satellites that constantly monitor for distress signals. European Space Agency officials say trials in Finland have shown that a person stranded at sea who's wearing the life vest could be pinpointed within just a few minutes. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or could get an inside perspective on? 
Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. Become a more informed global citizen and tune into Notes from the Kennedy Center weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. And uh, today we are taking your calls and your Facebook questions. We are getting right into the relationship issues. What are you facing? What's the stuff that makes it so hard for you to keep a balanced, healthy relationship? The issues you might have with your kids, your family, we're taking your calls. It's coaching day, and uh, we're going in in depth here. So, Let's do this. Uh, I guess right now we have a caller on the line. Um, and so let's get right to our callers. Marsha is from Preston, Idaho. Marsha, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So I have a husband that started a new job. Okay. And it's a better job than what we've had. It requires him to travel a week or two out of each month. Ooh, for the whole week? Yeah, well, during the week. We can home on weekends. Okay. Um, they've... You know, it's more traveling here at the beginning of the job, so right. it's, it's you know, having to stick his whole heart and soul into it. And he's having a hard time. He has a hard time with change anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, buck up. I mean, <laughs> this is what life is. You Man up, dude. Isn't so I'm that, like, how but, do I be supportive without being saying buck up? You do you, how many, you have kids, don't you, Marsha? Yeah, I have five kids. Okay. I've got, yeah, I've got a two-year-old up to 14. So I'm, you know, manning them. and Is he making good money doing this? Yeah, he is. It's a, it's a big increase from where he was a couple months ago in a job that was right here local. And yeah. so I'm thinking it's, it's not a dream job, but it's definitely a better job. Not just the money, but the people are great. The circumstances mm-hmm. are wonderful. It's a great, solid company. It's, it's just kind of the job he hoped to get out of college, and he's waited 10 years to get it. So. And so, so what I hear from you is this is good. Yeah, this and, is great. And what I hear from from him through you is that, I don't know, this is hard. Yeah. Is that true? He's second-guessing himself. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if I can do it. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. You know what you do, Mar- Marsha? This is so easy. You go grab his face, okay? okay. And you, just, you put your beautiful little eyes eye to eye, and you say, grow up. <laughs> no, don't say that. But you say, honey... Trust me, this is good. This is called growth. We're doing it. It's hard for everyone. We wish you were here, even though in the back of your head you're thinking, good times. Um, but you're thinking, but really, he needs to hear from you that this is good because he, he doesn't want to change. It sounds like what we're talking about here is he does not like change. He hates change. He's never liked it in any circumstance, so I understand that. But, I mean, how do you get him to think just, it's just today. It's just this week. Don't think about yeah. the next three months. Okay, notice the expecting. very question. How do you get him to think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you don't. If you haven't learned this by now, Marsha, that you cannot get your husband to think, you need to stop trying that. You can't get him to think. But what you can do, I think this is powerful, is um, you you just, it's just, it is what it is. This is what it is, hon. And you're not going to be able to get him to think, but what I might get him to do is I might get him to understand how this provides safety for you. 
This provides a sense of um, of uh, surety. This provides opportunity for future development and growth. So, and this is one of the things you're going to see in the book that I send you. Um, it's it's called I call it the starved stuff. So what happens is your husband comes and he and he brings you this issue, and the issue is this idea that he doesn't like the travel. It's he's away from his family. He misses it, and I get it. I did it for years. Those are all very real things. And then you guys could actually argue back and forth. But, honey, it's not that bad because you're home for two weeks, too. And you you see how you could go back and forth right. on that. I right. call that stuff the smoke. None of that's the real issue. That's So the real issue of this of your husband isn't the travel. It's not the job. It's not being gone. It's I, I call that the smoke. Underneath the smoke, there's a deeper issue. And the deeper issue is what we call the fire, the starved stuff. So there's seven basic needs that need to be met. And I bet you bucks these needs are kind of, he's struggling with them. Safety okay. is a basic need. He needs to know he's safe and secure. And this has changed. And he, by the way, you might be getting into some of his male ego stuff where he's like, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. There's stuff probably going out on the road that, that you don't even know he's dealing with because he's not going to come home and bring it up because it makes him look like he's weak. So right. so there's some safety issues. There's um, He probably trusts you. That's probably not a problem. He may not trust himself, not so that he's going to go out and get in trouble, but that, that he doesn't have what it takes to succeed here. Uh, another True. need is that he needs to be appreciated. And, um, you know, he might not get as much of that stroking and love from you when he's gone. And that's hard to do over the phone sometimes. Another basic need is respect. So one, these are all the things I'd probably be giving him while he's gone. So instead of like trying to talk him into this, what I'd do instead is I'd be happy, I'd be pleasant, and I'd, I'd build him up and I'd tell him how appreciative you are, how, res- how much you respect this, how you know it's hard and you know it will get easier over time. I'd validate, validation's another need that you can still listen to what he's saying about this. This is hard. I'd let him talk it out. And every time he brings up an issue, like if I said, let me just practice it with you. If I said, okay, so honey, tell me, tell me why, what it is about being on the road that's so hard for you. What do you think he'd say? Well, I just think it's stressful. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sell these things. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about, you know, you guys at home. I miss you guys at night. Like I'm so used to coming home each night and doing what I need to do and helping you with the kids. Yeah. I feel like I'm not there being supportive. Okay, do you hear that? Oh, look at you. You just channeled your husband. But did you hear what his issues are? Yeah. He has security issues, doesn't he? I'm not sure I'm going to be able to sell this stuff. I, so he's feeling insecure. The insecurity is the deeper issue. The, the deeper issue is what is what really we should talk about. And so what if you're going to work with him and you really want to help influence him, I'd, you have to know he has a security issue. He's not sure he can do this. So one of the things you might want to do when he comes home on the weekends and stuff is talk about what he did do. He might want to get up into all the things that he didn't do very well. But you very easily could focus on what he can do, what he is doing. I'd send, I'd send a lot of messages to him that you're doing very well. <laughs> and that sounds weird because you're afraid you might you don't want him to feel not valued. But right. I wouldn't be bringing your problems. I wouldn't talk about your overwhelm much yet right now because he's going to use all of that as data that, see, you need me home, hon. You need right. me home. But I'm going to bet something really cool about this, Marsha, is I'm going to bet that this all go. The reason he hasn't made it to this spot for 10 years is because he's been battling this issue the whole time, whole time. I agree. And now it's just coming out, isn't it? I agree. Well, he was forced surfaced. kind of into this position, and so he's 
you know, sitting back and thinking, wow, this is everything I dreamed of. Now it's here. What do I do? Yeah. Isn't that overwhelmed? See, and the funny thing is, if he had just had been forced into this position 10 years ago, we probably would have dealt with it then. And so now all this is, is an echo of insecurities past. Right. And now it's just manifesting. So part of it is I wouldn't try to use your voice a lot to convince him. I would just keep kind of telling him, you know what? This is good, hon. Trust me. I feel very strongly that this is the right thing to do. And you might even bring it out that what I hear, honey, is that a lot of what you're worried about is you just feel insecure, a little a little fear that you're not going to maybe be able to deliver. And that scares you. Now, by the way, most men will never admit to that. Yeah, you're right. I'm a loser. I could never. But so he might back off of that. But I promise you, that's what it is. And then so what? Where I, do you, where's the resource? For, I mean, I guess your book goes into that. But where's the resource to help somebody feel more secure? It's see I mean, that, as an adult. Yeah, but listen, you, I love your question. And notice your energy too. By the way, the reality is there aren't a lot of resources. And his security issue isn't this job. The security issue is in him. So we make it about the job. And by the way, Marsha, you've hit something that every single listener out there does. We all, we all project my insecurity, on, and we make, it, we make the story about every single other thing. The job, the family needs me, what if something happens, all these other, I want to be with my kids. All these other things become our issue instead of the real issue that your husband has insecurity. There, so there's not a great resource. The resource is maybe just, um, I mean, I think that is a purpose for religion is so that he has a deeper purpose like that, that he knows what his life's about, um, that he knows he has some security. But in the end, every human being is battling this. And it's not a quick fix. You can't just, you know, you're not going to talk him into this. Sure. And you're also, but by the way, if you, but if you talk about the right thing, like address it, honey, it sounds like what this is about is security. Now watch this. What's the number one way for a sales guy to become more secure? Be successful. Yep. So instead of trying to figure every way out of this situation, what if we got successful? Okay. So that's one of the, that's the advice I'd give you. I mean, I, there's, there's other resources that are out there. You can go to my website. I have about 80 or 90 videos you can watch that are just from television and stuff that I've done. But the deeper thing I guess I'd get into is this isn't about what we're talking about. So it's not the job. It's about security. And deeper below that is... Um, something even more powerful he needs to go succeed and so then i'd have the conversation with him honey we talk a lot about how you can't succeed or you won't succeed or your fears or how you want to quit can we stop doing that for a minute and just figure out what we could do today to be more successful and i'll bet you a thousand bucks if he would do that he'd gain confidence tomorrow and he'll start making some cells and he would make some cells boom he's gone and you're rich marcia you're rich Okay, now will you stay on the line, Marsha? I appreciate the call. I really do. And Thank you for your help. I, I needed someone to decipher that for me. Thank see, it's, you. it's that simple, Marsha. It's not that uh, hard. Thank you. You're awesome. And thanks for listening from Preston, Idaho. Stay on the line, though, because we want to send you that book. All right. Awesome Thank stuff. You. Folks, it's good. We can do this all day long. We want more of your calls. 801-422-0143. Would love to take your calls. Again, I'll give you a copy of my book, Starve Stuff, if you'll give us a call and ask your question. Or we're taking uh, Facebook questions as well. Just go to Facebook, look up Matt Townsend, and we will give you, uh, we'll take your questions and answer them on, on the air. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. 
There isn't a better way to listen to music than from a live concert. But let's be honest, no one can make it to a concert every night. So on Highway 89, we bring you music like you're actually there at the concert with front row seats. We aren't playing some doctored up recording and there are no do-overs. Instead, we bring raw music straight from our studio to you. Tune in weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern to Highway 89 on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Senator Dianne Feinstein proposed a new ban on assault weapons today that it is is likely to get the gun control debate heated on Capitol Hill. Feinstein says the purpose of the bill is to dry up the weapons supply over time. Facing the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, which he currently heads, Senator John Kerry breezed through a confirmation hearing today, signaling that he will almost certainly be approved by Congress as the next Secretary of State. The official Pentagon announcement ending the ban on women from serving in active combat roles earned significant praise from President Barack Obama today, who called the move a, quote, historic step. Mary Jo White was nominated to be the next head of the Securities and Exchange Commission by President Obama today. White was previously a federal prosecutor who served in New York City. Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano warned today that much of the U.S. infrastructure is vulnerable to a possibly imminent cyber attack that could have as devastating an impact as last year's superstorm Sandy. World News, UK authorities are warning all British citizens to get out of Benghazi, Libya, the same city four Americans were killed in last September, due to specific and imminent threats against all Westerners. Islamist militants are presumed to be behind the threats. North Korean officials announced they will be testing new long-range missiles and nuclear capabilities meant to prove the country's ability to strike the U.S., which the North Koreans have named as their sworn enemy. Entertainment news, J.J. Abrams has been named as the director for the next Star Wars movie. Abrams has experienced success with sci-fi reboots, having guided the latest Star Trek movie to box office success. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We're doing what we can on this program to give you the tools, the skills, the ideas to to take your life, your love to the next level. And uh, on the show, we're taking your calls. I would love to have you call in 801-422-0143. Do you have a question about relationships? Marcia just uh, asked us about, uh, you know, husband that travels a little bit. And how you keep them on the road, how you keep them excited and interested in that. But here's the cool thing. If you give us a call and get your question on the air, we will give you a copy of my book, a signed copy of the book. Not that the signed part of it will matter. It's signed by actually everybody but me. And I wrote the book. But um, we'll give you a copy of the book as just kind of a little gift and hopefully give you some more guidance there. So give us a call, 801-422-0143. We're also on Facebook taking your questions. Josh Herschel's with me. The the man, the myth, the legend, he likes to be called. He runs my business and uh, my coaching practice. And Josh has been checking out Facebook pages, and he's been uh, getting some questions from some of our viewers and fans. You know, Matt, one of the biggest things, actually the, the main word that is in almost every post is the word negative. 
Really? Everyone just keeps saying negative. How do I avoid negativity? How do I make sure that my marriage doesn't become negative? How do I avoid a negative spouse? This is usually women writing this for some reason. Yeah, we have a lot more women on Facebook, though. But there's that we do. But there's a lot of questions about how do we avoid falling into that negativity? How do we how do we make sure that we don't become people who interpret everything in a negative way right from the beginning? I think you kind of have a Hmm. some experience with that. Well, what's funny about that is uh, if you think of the negativity, we always think that I wouldn't be negative because honestly, I'm not a negative person. You know, the only reason I'm negative is because all of you around me, because uh, you make me negative and I'm sick of it. But here's an interesting, and it reminds me of a client that I've had recently. Okay. So let's call her, let's see, let's call the client Jane. Say Jane for me, Bryce. <laughs> Jane. That's Jane. a nice, nice generic Jane. I'm trying to make up, I'm trying to keep everything clean here. So there's a Jane. Jane, let's say, has a husband. Jane's husband is bald, let's say. Let's, no, he, he is bald, and his name is Chuck. Jane doesn't like that Chuck is bald. Chuck's hair, or lack thereof, is a major turnoff. Jane cannot look at him and his bald head without, like, some disgust. Okay, this is true. This is recent. Rich, this is a real affliction that affects many women, um, Mm -hmm. especially in college when you have guys who will shave their head. A lot of girls are really creeped out by that. But we found out there's research that shows bald men are more powerful. (laughs) There it is. They may not have the hair, but they have the power. (laughs) So this Jane is sitting there, but she cannot quit. So here's the negative thing. She can't stop seeing the bald head. Right. It drives her crazy. In fact, she even, she doesn't, she's so affected by this, she doesn't even like this person's parents who created a child that's bald because the parents are bald as well. So when we get into all of this, this woman cannot let go of the bald and she obsesses with the bald. She cannot see any peace with the bald. So I bring her in. We sit down. How do you get somebody to quit focusing on something that's negative? Get them to focus on something else. How? She can't. She's tried. The glimmer of the forehead <laughs> uh, brings it up every time. She so, can't do it. So take the focus off of that person. Yep. So here's what I ask. And by the way, she's become habitual at this with this person, with her husband. She is constantly always going there, always falling down down this negative path. So I ask her, are you always this way? And she's like, no. And i like, where is it that you can go take something that's positive or where is something that you can go kind of look past the negative and find something that's positive? Can you find anywhere in your life that that happens? And she says, um, yeah, I do that all the time in photography. She's a photographer. She goes, all the time I have to look past a flaw and get in and catch a better picture of what I'm trying to create. And she's a professional photographer. So what's powerful, I say, so tell me what you do. How can you do that? How come you can do that? With, uh, with, your, with your camera, but you can't do it with your partner. And she's like, well, I mean, it's just easy. What's easy about it? So what I'm trying to get her to focus on is how she actually does it. What I found out with this person is this isn't about the bald head. Remember, that's the smoke. The smoke's not the real issue. The deeper issue is what's going on underneath. And um, anyway, she basically says, well, it's different for me because when, when I'm looking through a camera um, – My job is to be creative, not critical. So she turned her role into being a creative person 
not a critical person. And um, sometimes in our lives, you just got to ask yourself, are you a creator or are you a critic? And once we get into the critical role, I asked her, what else do you do that's different with a camera? And she said, um, the other thing that's different is I, um, I have something, I have a lens that I'm looking through that kind of changes my, my role because I'm now the photographer and it changes, um, it makes it, she goes, I actually feel safer behind my lens because I'm not out in front and vulnerable. So here's what her homework assignment was. And it's, I have no, by the way, this happened today. This was our discussion today. So her homework assignment is I need you to go home. By the way, she doesn't take, she takes pictures of um, landscapes and things like that, nature. And I said, uh, I need you to go home and I need you to start taking pictures of your spouse and find the things inside of them that are positive. The, find the things that are good. Find the things that, that represent the light, not the dark, the positive, not the negative. And what I find with my clients, so if you're out there in negative marriage land or relationship land where you're dealing with somebody that's so negative, it's really hard to not get sucked into that and you become negative and you become messed up because they are messed up. And one of the things that I really um, believe strongly in, and that's what I asked, I go, so if you were going to take a picture of your wife or your husband and you were going to take the picture without the head bothering you, what would you focus the camera on that would bring out the light, the good side? And um, he, he said, he goes, I'd have to find the traits that I appreciate. And I go, what would those look like? And, and how would you know those are the traits? And, he, and it was basically, I would find inside the essence of this person and I'd see where they manifest it on their real side, on their real face. And then I try to catch the pictures of where they're manifesting their essence, their spirit. Huge. So how do you get rid of negativity? Um, you focus, there's always a way to get rid of it. Once we're in a relationship, and we become what's called a negative interpreter. You start actually perpetuating the negative feelings. There's a sign called negative interpretation, which is when you finally get there, you finally have to take, um, and you're a negative interpreter, you actually take all the data. All the data you accumulate is negative data. And the reality is none of our partners are nearly as negative as they seem to be. But once we've been hurt long enough, once we've been beat down, once we've been ignored, once we're starved and our needs aren't being met, guess what? Everything hurts. And when everything hurts, the only data we're looking for is pain. The way out of negative interpretation is we start finding the positive. One homework assignment I'd give everybody that's listening. If you know you're a negative interpreter, I'd spend a lot of time intentionally starting to look for places where you find peace. Look for places where you find joy. Look for the good in the things around you. And once you start to notice more joy, you'll see the, you'll see the darkness go away. Good, good question about negativity. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jessica from Springville, Utah, how to deal uh, with an emotionally abusive husband. We're going to get into that. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A recipe for a rocket nozzle becomes the hot new thing in welding next. 
This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. NASA research is constantly coming up with new inventions to support and perfect space missions. But a lot of those innovations end up being useful to Earthbound businesses, too. All it takes is looking at things with the right perspective. That's the case for a novel copper alloy, originally devised for rocket engine nozzles. NASA's Glenn Research Center hit upon a recipe for blending traditional copper alloy ingredients like chromium and niobium with just a pinch of the element zirconium. That little change makes a huge difference in strength and how ductile the alloy can be. Ductility describes how much a metal can stretch without breaking, which is perfect for the hellish environment at the heart of a burning rocket engine. It turns out that this same environment exists on assembly lines using electric resistance welding. The metal contact tips are a perfect candidate for the new alloy, which could double or triple the life of these parts and at the same time let them perform welds with enhanced precision. It's all in how you look at things. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're taking callers and uh, taking on your relationship issues. Do you have any relationship issues, things that are wearing you down, questions you have, the coach is in the office, uh, and we're here to give you our advice and some tools, hopefully, to lift your life to a higher level. We're going to go right to our phones again. Jessica in Springville. Jessica, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, I said it was your husband that's been emotionally abusive. It's yeah. not. <laughs> no, no. He's a great husband. Good. Great. Fill me in. What's going on? So here's my question. Um, I did grow up in a home that was not conducive to happiness right yeah and i've worked out um most of my problems with um with that with childhood but i realize now for some reason i'm um putting so much pressure on my husband and my kids to like perform in perfection and it's really Mm -hmm. putting a wedge and i'm not sure why i do that or if it's something i learned and how i can how i cannot do that. Yeah. For example, my husband and I, we have a great relationship and he's gone. He works a very um, high stress job at, in the hospital working in the cardiac unit. Mm. And on the weekends, we argue more than we do during the week because we're home together all yeah. the time. And he's told me, he said, when you're around, I just feel like I can't do anything right. You know, I try to make dinner and it's not right. I try and get the kids dressed and it's not good enough. And I'm not sure why, why I put this kind of pressure on them and on myself but it's it's not good it's a great it's a great question jessica and by the way let me just give you a little normalizing here um you know that you know that most people fight more with their spouses when they're around yes (laughs) so so part of that's totally normal i'm like hey that sounds like a normal weekend um but i one thing i want you to know uh, did you go get or ask did you go get some did you have therapy um i i have talked with somebody. Okay. Because one of the keys to this, because I don't do psychotherapy and we can't ever do that on the radio anyway, really. But what I would suggest is um, there's a lot of great value there that that they can help you. But um, Mm -hmm. but what what's happening is and I think 
this is just kind of what I've learned. Um, as we grow up, we, we have to go through stages of development, okay? Mm-hmm. And each one of us has this really weird battle, and the battle is about um, how we're going to see ourselves, okay? And so we either have to kind of know who we are, and you've, you've probably met somebody that just has a really powerful, intuitive sense of who they are. Yes. And and they just they just know that you know God loves me and I just am great in God's eye and they kind of know that and it immediately gives them this sense of purpose and peace. Then what I've noticed too is as we're growing up though our own mind our own sense of who we are has to start making sense of who we are. And uh we don't you know you may be a gift from heaven but you still have a human mind, and the mind starts to put labels on us. It starts to want control. It starts to want power. And okay. maybe what happened, and I, you know, again, this is where a therapist might be able to help you um, in some private sessions. But I think mm-hmm. you're onto something really powerful either way. Um, you already know that there's some pain and there's some problems. But one of the keys is, uh, I, and I think this is very common for people that. Um, want to be a perfectionist, try to be a perfectionist or push that angle a little bit, mm-hmm. is it's control. And it gives you something you can control. And so when your husband keeps hearing that he doesn't do anything right, yeah. that all that's that's subtle, but it might just simply be you have standards, right? You have ways of doing things. Yes. Do you feel like you honestly push him too far? Like are you asking that it has to be perfect or are you just no. asking him to flush the toilet? No, and it's not, I don't even have to say anything. It's just like he can sense it just by the look. Is, is he right? He's right. Okay. So, yeah, it's, that's he, great. he's totally fine. It's just the way, like, he's trying to help make dinner on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. And I would have just done it a different way. And yeah. it is, it's this sense of control that I don't feel like I have control. Yeah. But I don't want to control everybody around me because I realize that I'm pushing away instead of, Loving. Now, now do you husband. listen to, by the way, how powerful you are? You're already, you already know you have a pattern that's not working. Yeah. So what does that tell you? I need to change it. <laughs> well, or, or, yeah. And you might already be in the right person that can change it. So if you had to choose between your ego that would say that you have to have dinner made a certain way mm-hmm. and your calm, spiritual, loving essence... This great, beautiful woman you are, Jessica, that's a mom and a wife and is just proud to be alive and, and blessed. If you had to choose between the two, your ego needs dinner made a certain way, and your yes. essence doesn't care how dinner's made. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yes. So if you're noticing when you are in your ego and you need something done a certain way, where are you? Selfish. <laughs> well, you, if you if you're saying that you're selfish, but if you're actually noticing it, I'm telling you, you're already starting to get in your you're already in your essence. If you're starting to see where you are being a perfectionist and demanding it on others, you're already starting to heal. Does that make okay. sense? It doesn't feel like it because you still keep seeing the problem. Yeah. So um, one of the things we might want to do is is go gather some data from your hubby. Mm-hmm. And just kind of help him and ask him to help you and say, "Hun, what I think I'm ha- what happens to me is, and I guarantee you, this probably does have stuff to do with your childhood. If if your childhood wasn't ideal, yeah, then what you learned as a little kid is it's what you do that matters. It's how you look that matters. It's that your hair is nice and you have a belt and you're clean and you're everything. It's all these other things that aren't the real thing. Absolutely. Does that and make I, sense? 
I recognized that growing up, there was a lot of, you know, emphasis on the green stuff, and I am so anti, anti-material anti things, yeah. but it is more on the how you look and how you present yourself. Yeah. So, so, and by the way, so what I call that, that's the difference of ego. The only thing that matters about how you look is your ego. It's the only thing that cares about it. If your God came and sat down with your family right when everyone woke up and everyone was in their jammies and their hair was all messed up and he just sat down and, and was hanging out with you, how much would it matter how your hair looked? Not a bit. It wouldn't matter at all. Where would it go? Where would that feeling that that matters go? You have it with every other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where did it? But it disappeared with you. Why did it disappear? Um, Does that make sense? Why yeah. did? Why do you have the need to have perfectly dressed clothes and a perfect kitchen and all these things? Why do you have that? certain times, but when your God is sitting next to you, it goes away. Because I know he loves me unconditionally. Yep. So that's the difference between what I call my ego and my essence. When I'm in my essence, and that's really when I'm tuned into who I am. Now, none of us can be that way perfectly, but here's one of the keys. There is a sign for when most of us are in our ego. The ego is this way that we think our, our mind is telling us that we need to be. And the best sign when you are in your ego is you start to get angry. Yes. You start to get, you start to get anxious. Mm-hmm. You start to be afraid, insecure. Mm-hmm. So the signs, the minute you pick up the sign and you notice I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling insecure, the minute you feel inadequate, like, oh, my heavens, what if the ladies next door notice that my kids don't have the perfect bow in their hair? Yes. The minute you start to feel angry, insecure, inadequate, weak, alone, desperate, stupid, ugly, fat, you are in your ego. The fastest way out of it is – now, if, did you notice how I helped you get out of it? Yeah. How, I just had you imagine sitting down with your most spiritual being, your God. Uh-huh. And the minute you do, and if you can actually connect to that emotionally, guess what? The ego goes away. The two can't coexist. Now, that sounds all haughty, toddy, whatever, but you know what? I see it every single day. When I'm mad at my wife or whatever because we're late, oh my heavens, we're running late, that's my ego. And my ego is, is me saying, I need something to be a certain way. It's not working a certain way. And when my ego engages, ironically, her ego gets engaged. And most yeah. of our fights, Jess, are about ego, 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 ego. Mm-hmm. And so you'll even see sometimes when your husband's sitting there saying, see, I can't do anything right for you. And he gets mad. That's his ego. Yeah. If he understood how, how hard your life was growing up, I bet you he'd be okay with you struggling with this. Oh, he is. He does know. I, yeah. I married my best friend. He's great. And that's why it's so hard when I realize I'm pushing him away. Yep. And so watch this. So here's the key. Long story short. When you notice the feelings, what are the feelings that we feel when we're in our ego? Oh, anxious, mad, angry. Yep, bingo. When you start noticing that, that is your body starting to tell you you're losing it, Jess. You're getting in your ego. Fastest way out? If I were you, I'd get into my essence. Now, there's some people that they may not relate to God or a God, so what they might do is just relate to going being in nature. Mm-hmm. When they're looking at a beautiful lake and just totally enveloped in the loving nature. 
So that, those people would need to go to their, I call that the essence. And this is, the, why this is so important, this is what Emerson taught for years, that inside of every human being is this, what we call the divine spark. The divine spark is, I believe, a gift from God. It's our spirit. It's inside of each of us. We then come down to this earth, we pick up a body, and we battle it for the rest of our life. And then the yeah. battle is always, it's when you feel insecure, inadequate, weak. Um, that's when that starts to fire off. And other than that, when we get in our essence, we feel peace. And by the way, we feel peace even in the chaos. Yes. Right? Yes. So yeah. like even when your kids are interrupting and being trouble and all these things, you can still feel the peace. And so, and there's other stuff. It's called mindfulness. You could go read about mindfulness online. You could go read about how to, I mean, that's why people do yoga. That's why they meditate. But it's learning in the moment. And the biggest key, let me just tell you, Jess, you are normal. So this call, I promise you, there are thousands of people out there that are like, yeah, Jess, just like us. You're so normal. And the problem is with all of us as humans, we make a standard like our body. We think our body is going to bring us peace. But your body's only as good as tomorrow's body. (laughs) And your peace won't last past tomorrow. So the problem with perfectionism is that, um, and it's a false, it's a false uh, light. It's a false hope. Your perfection can't, and your peace can't come from your performance. Your perfection has to come from your essence, the spiritual side. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And yeah, a lot of this, this has been very, very helpful. And I was so nervous to, Put myself out there. Yeah. So I really appreciate you. Well, and you, do you have any idea how many lives you just helped? Oh, I, uh, at least one. Well, you <laughs> did, but there, and you're, I mean, and for a perfectionist to do that, I promise you it had something to do with your essence. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I, you know, I, I am a, a very spiritual person. And yeah. so I, I know where that, where that place is. So. See, Jess, you're good. So, <laughs> Just start noticing it. And let me just tell you, because then I know as a perfectionist what you're thinking. Well, i got to fix it then. No, don't, don't worry about fixing it. Shh, shh. Don't fix it. Just start noticing it. Start noticing when you're in ego and when you're in essence. And you know what's cool about it is the minute you notice it, you're going to notice that you're probably really in your essence. Because only your essence could notice the difference. And Thank then you're, you. you're already fixing it, okay? Jess, I you're really awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Stand by, though. We're going to give you a book, uh, the Starve Stuff book. Um, okay. I would love it. You're awesome. Appreciate you. Give your All husband right. a hug. I will. Thanks, Matt. You bet, Jess. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. So uh, there you have it. I mean, that's... That seemed pretty intense, but you know what? Uh, as I'm dealing with all these people day in and day out, that pattern that Jessica's kind of battling, whether it manifests through perfectionism, whether it manifests any other way, just through addictions, through depression, through anxiety, we're all living it. This is, this is the human struggle. That is the, the difficulty of uh, being a human on this earth and dealing with our bodies and our parents' genes and, you know, how we were raised. All of these other things tend to impact us that way. That's why we're doing the show, too, folks. Uh, again, we would love to have you engage with us every day more on this show. Please go to my Facebook page. Look up Matt Townsend, M-A-T-T-T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D, and uh, you'll see why we do what we do. I, on that page also, we have a lot of great quotes to kind of motivate you, give you tools. You can always ask questions, leave questions, and we're going to be doing these segments on the show from here on out. We're going to be answering your questions. Also, you can give us a call during the show, 801-422-0143. 
That's why we do this thing. Did we get them all, Josh? I think you got most of them, man. Good job. There's a few on there that we'll have to pick up on Facebook, but that's the other good thing. We'll still answer those on Facebook, so your answers are still coming. It's uh, it's just that simple. Bryce, did we capture all your questions? Because I know you had a prom issue earlier in life that <laughs> we needed to get through. Did we help you? No, actually, uh, there was something I was wondering about, uh, yeah. talking about negativity. Not to pedal backwards, but yeah. <clears throat> it bothers me when uh, people think that... Not being positive is being negative. Is being negative, exactly. I'm, I'm going to say there's, there's negativity, which is yeah. everything's awful. Right. Then there's just being careful. And then there's positivity. Right. How do you... Because I feel like I stay careful, but people get me on the uh, negativity. And I disagree. I don't think I'm that negative. No. I, that's a killer <laughs> question. Um, yeah. Where do we start, Bryce? How, we how about I give seconds. you a big question when we have 30 seconds of show left, Matt? But you know what? Let's Okay, we got. let's do a whole show on that. Okay, you cliffhanger. the whole show around The show is Bryce. Bryce's question. How do we, I mean, because negativity is not bad, especially if it's grounded in reality. So some of this is we just don't want you to be an optimistic. Just go, hey, no, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> you were hardly stabbed. Um, we're going to get into that, Bryce. Great question. Way to spring it right at the end. Wow. That's my man, Bryce. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to get to Bryce's questions. Go to Facebook. Check us out. Join us here every Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Again, we replay at 5 o'clock Eastern Time right here on Sirius 7 o'clock Eastern Time. 5 o'clock Eastern Time and 7 (laughs) o'clock Eastern Time. Thanks again for piping in there, Skyboy. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.